Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. What's up, Lake Matt? Oh, I'll tell you, there's nothing like being out here. Listen, a bad day on the lake beats any good day in the city. Nine days out of ten, I'm telling you. It is... Uh, it's just nice to unplug. Well, it's necessary once in a while, buddy. It's well-deserved for you. Glad you're enjoying your time out there with the family. Um, and luckily anchor, we figured out how to be able to record on the phone. So we don't have to rely on the interwebs, which usually sucks anyway, but, uh, here we are, man, Monday episode of Packers without borders. And you're the one that's jet setting, not me. Yeah. I, um, so I, I'm out here at, uh, Lake of the woods. I am, uh, in a little place called Sioux Narrows. It's about, uh, 45 minutes East of Kenora on uh highway 71 and uh it is on lake of the woods i i've been sharing some pictures it is picturesque uh the only issue we're having is the water is up probably about nine feet so our dock is uh completely destroyed and missing um there is no beach but that's okay because now you can just jump right up the water and it's a little bit i'm one of those guys that like i wade around like knee deep until I, I finally I go okay I got to get in there yeah and I per, I prefer to just jump yeah it's right like, it's like marriage for sure yeah right completely like marriage there's docks and fish yeah marriage yep. so <laughs> so yeah I've been uh we've been out here let's see uh today's what Monday so we got out here Saturday uh, Saturday we got set up and it's a long day and you know, you get the trailer set up and you get your camping stuff all set up and everything sorted. And then, uh, yesterday, uh, wow. We stayed up till about one in the morning, drinking pretty heavily on Saturday. And then we slept until, uh, about nine. We thought it was like noon, right? Cause when you're at the lake, the sun gets up at like six in the morning. Well, you know, up here, the sun gets up at like six in the morning. Yeah, for sure. And it goes, goes away at 1030. So what do you yeah. get when you, so where are you staying? What was it called? So Canalta, but what was it? Sweet Arrows or what was it? Oh, okay. So we're just outside of Kenora in a town called Soon Arrows. Okay. So if you combine Soon Arrows and Kenora, you get Cool Arrows. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hashtag Spanish lesson. Culeros is a, a nice, uh, dirty word in spanish buddy oh is it oh, it is I, I said you should have seen me trying to level the trailer you would have heard every swear word <laughs> on the 
Well, you know, it, and it happens every year. And I kept talking to my, you know, you, you kind of talk to yourself and you go, okay, calm down. This happens every year. You're missing a step. Go over it. Start at the beginning. Right. And so a couple of times I kind of uh, took down a few things and I was like, okay, wait, let's start again. And then all of a sudden your brain goes, Hey, what about those back leveling jacks? And you go, Oh crap, this is what I'm missing. Right. So I, I, we got the trailer up and the kids are excited and the, the dog has been chasing squirrels all day. She loves that. Uh, third cast, I caught a three pound Northern and uh, the loons at night have just been amazing. It is, uh, it's the greatest place on earth. I mean, I, I've been to an awful lot of places. I'm sure people say the same thing about wherever their favorite spot is, but I'll tell you, if God lived anywhere, it was here. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, buddy. I'm really happy. My wife is chiming in here in the background. <laughs> As you're saying, um, I've got some good info for you, buddy. Um, we talked about the bears, right? This last, uh, what, two episodes ago, and I said I was going to spread it out. I've got yeah. some nice little nuggets on the Vikings and comparing them to the Packers. But before we get into that, there have been all of these ESPN lists that have decided to come out, right? And I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on why you think that the media is so biased against the Packers. They had the top 10 rushers. And this is another list, right? So this is another list where Rashawn Gary was not included as a top 10 rusher. What do you think it is about the media and Green Bay and that kind of hate relationship where they're just not willing to give the Packers the time of day on, on let's say, potential, right? When somebody's kind of on the cusp and they're starting to show, they, they have a tendency to ignore them that year. They did this with Zedarius, right, where they snubbed him the year in 2019 where he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. And then in 2020, when he did not deserve to be in the Pro Bowl, actually got selected. It seems like... This is pretty consistent, man. I mean, they have Ramsey, who's overrated over Jair on one list, obviously. But I want to talk about Rashawn Gary here because um, what do you think it is? What's the bias? What is it that's going on? Okay, so if you write an article about a Cowboys player and just a Cowboys player, let's say it gets 100,000 clicks, okay? Let's say you write an article about a Detroit Lions player, it'll get 60,000 clicks, Let's say you write an article about a Detroit Lions player comparing him to a Bear, uh, Cowboys player and, snub, and snubbing a Packers player because of the Packers fans and how we are. That'll get 5 million clicks. And that's what they – this is what they do. This is what they do. I mean, you didn't you – did, they didn't watch Rashawn Gary at all in the second half of the season. They didn't – they don't look at stats. No. What they try and do is, is they go, hey, I want to write a really nice article about uh, Joe Smith from the, you know, uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens or whoever, right? And then, and then their boss says, well, that's only going to get 5,000 clicks. Uh, make a list of all the best uh, quarterbacks and leave Aaron Rodgers off of there, right? Make a list of all the best edge rushers and leave Rashawn Gary off of there. Make a list where it says Jalen Ramsey is better than Jair Alexander, right? Because we'll freak out. This is why the players, they use the Packers to their advantage. They say, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, the Packers are, are interested in signing me. 
And then what happens? All of us get all excited and we click, click, click. I mean, take a look at right now. There's this rumor going around that Sammy uh, Watkins is one of the first to be cut. Now, and we know that's not true. We know that's not true. I mean, we do have 11 wide receivers currently on the roster leading into training camp. But with the lack of Devontae Adams, do you really expect them to cut Sammy Watkins? No, hell no. Hell no. Sammy Watkins, if he shows up every day, this isn't like Funches where Funches decided to opt out of COVID and then didn't play for a year and it took him a while to get back. Sammy Watkins played last year. He's at camp. He's working out. Listen, I fully expect him to be on the roster. Do And, and we, you and I have talked about this. Do I think he's going to make it all the way through the end of the year? No. Do I think he's one wide receiver by the end of the year? No. I think that's going to go to someone else. But are they going to cut him? No. No. No, they're not going to cut him. We, we need these guys. We need these guys. That's what I think. Not, not only having bodies to really prove it, because we know we're going to put the players, regardless of where they were drafted, we know they're going to put them on the field. Draft capital means absolutely nothing um, in terms of whether they're going to get playing time or not. It's do you get it or not? And going back to Funches, did you see that he is now uh, converted to a tight end as opposed to wide receiver, which says a lot about the guy in terms of where they see his career projecting and what he needed to do, get on a roster. So it, it's, it's comparing apples to oranges, but yeah, man, I just, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think you're right. I thought about it. It's just, I think Packers fans for the most part are fairly educated where we do do deep dives. I mean, we do a podcast, so we're in the trenches constantly, right? We don't have the insider information, but we spend a lot of time analyzing and spending time on this. And I think Packers are very educated for the most part, which is why we keep getting left off of these lists, but it is just so frustrating. I, I just had to bring that up. They do this because we'll click on it and we'll comment and we'll say stuff and it draws attention. It draws traction to their shit article. For sure. 100% buddy. All right. We're going to talk about your favorite team outside of the green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings versus the green Bay Packers and what they have on their rosters. So they have shit and we have gold. Okay. Next. And we're going to do the same thing where we do a position by position ranking just to show where their deficiencies really are and why we are so confident that they're going to be close to scraping the bottom of the barrel. And it's, again, the media bias, right? Still expecting them to be number two. And I think you are also probably expecting them to be number two in division in the division, but they have a nine win over under total. So with Vegas, do you agree with Vegas over under on nine wins for the Vikings? Under. I agree with Thunderman, which means it's going to be a close, tight race for that second between the Lions and the Vikings. I'm sticking to that, and I still think the Lions eke them out just because they have a better offensive line, right? It'll be their last game. It'll be their last game that they meet for the season. The Bears or the Vikings and uh, the and uh, the Lions, and the Lions will squeak one out and get themselves a playoff spot, and they'll be celebrating like they've never celebrated in Lionville for a week or two until they get knocked out of the playoffs immediately. Absolutely. And here we go. So let's just compare Kirk Cousins to Aaron Rodgers, right? From a – we already know Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback, but I do believe that Kirk Cousins um, is underrated overall as a quarterback. He is just not a clutch quarterback. Would you agree with that statement? 100%. He, and you know what? 
Kirk Cousins is he's definitely the best taker of money. What is it? 84 million or 101 million dollars so far and uh zero playoff wins. I mean, how do you how do you fandangle? How do you convince your boss to give you a raise and pay you every year when every year you don't perform? I don't get it. I don't get it. He's got to have pictures of Ziggy or something in a bikini. There's something there, man. But, you know, his passing grade is very similar to his overall grade was an 88.2. Aaron Rodgers was an 89.4. So fairly similar. And what I found interesting, man, is this. So from a passing standpoint and a passing efficiency standpoint, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins are very close. The biggest difference, and this is a moniker that Aaron Rodgers does not get in comparison to other players, is his run grade is actually 67.9 for Aaron Rodgers. And that's where you look at a Kirk Cousins who has a running grade of 60, right? So does that mean that Aaron Rodgers is just more mobile? Or does that mean that Kirk Cousins known as more of a mobile quarterback, right? It, it, it just, the numbers don't make sense. Cause they always talk about Aaron Rodgers being good to extend plays, but not necessarily from a rushing ability. And they always talk about Kirk Cousins as the, like that kind of dual threat quarterback a little bit. And the numbers say what we all see, which is not true. He is not very good with his feet and he's not even, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers in that sense. So obviously we're going to give the nod to Mr. Rodgers, but also understanding that Kirk Cousins is not over. I think he's rightfully rated. Um, I think he's a little underappreciated. He just does not have that, that it's not winning mentality, but that kind of clutch instinct, right? I think that's the big difference between Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. 100 percent. All right. We're going to go to the wide receivers and currently what they have on the roster outside of Justin Jefferson, who's a 90.1, who's the fourth ranked wide receiver in the NFL. Number two is obviously Adam Thielen, who has ended up kind of falling off uh, the map a little bit here after his big payday at a 74.6. Their third wide receiver, I'm going to say, is K.J. Osborne because I had him on a fantasy team there as a third wide receiver, and he he showed up from time to time. So I'm going to say their top three wide receivers are going to be Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne had a 64.9. Now, comparing that to the Packers, we all – I'm going to ask you, so do you agree that Alan Lazard is going to be the one, or who do you feel – I mean, from a one, two, three, who are the three starting wide receivers for the Packers that you project? Okay. uh, One will be Watkins. Two will be Lazar. And three, you know, there's an interesting, listen, I I know Cobby's the safety blanket. Amari Rogers is slimmed down and he is looking amazing out there. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got Dobbs and you've got Watson. So that number three, I think is going to be up in the air for a little while. I agree with you, man. And, you know, all of these guys graded, nobody graded as poorly other than Malik Taylor, who really didn't have a lot of games, right? I mean, 57.8, he was really more of a return specialist. But in terms of the wide receivers, we are down there, man. I mean, you look at Sammy Watkins, who will project as one, is a 66.3. He was ranked 68th out of 115 wide receivers. 
And then yeah. Alan Lazard, 80th out of 115 wide receivers. And then once we start getting into Samari Rogers, um, was a 60.6, did not have enough to qualify um, mm. as to be ranked. But still, the grades are there, man. I mean, we're all in the 60s. There's a lot of potential in this room, and that's that's the uncertainty. So I think we are going to have to give a nod to the wide receivers on the Vikings, as much as I hate to say it. But Justin Jefferson is a star, man. I mean, that guy, um, he might have hit his peak, though. Do you think there's any possibility that Justin Jefferson might regress now that he's been in the league a couple of years, he's kind of broken these rookie records, or do you think he's going to continue this type of dominance? No, Justin Jefferson is a number one wide receiver. He's going to continue to put up great numbers. Agreed. Simple as that. The only, the only problem is, is now instead of uh, working against Stokes, the rookie, he's going to be working against a second year Stokes or Jair who just eats him up. So. Yep. Agree. I, I mean, I hit these numbers with him and his performance against the Green Bay Packers. He had one big game and that was not against Jair Alexander. It was actually Stokes' first game against the Vikings last year. But the second time around and the two times that he has gone up against our core cornerbacks, which is Stokes the second time and Jair twice, he averaged three catches for 26 yards. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. So we mitigate it, but we still give him the chip with the nod. Now, running backs, what are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison? Okay, so Madison is pretty good. Uh, I, I would give him like a B, right? Like maybe a B minus. Dalvin Cook is an A running back, period. Now, when we sit down and we say Aaron Jones, Dylan versus Madison and Cook – it's Jones and Dylan every single day and twice on Sunday. It's not even a question. Like when you look at their yeah. performance and the fact that Dalvin Cook cannot stay healthy and they insist on just feeding this guy and keeping him as a workhorse back as opposed to what the Packers have done with Aaron Jones to preserve him. Uh, Dalvin Cook was ranked 42nd out of 52 out of 62 starting running backs. 42nd. Alexander Madison in a Phillip role behind him, 54th out of 62. Let's put that in comparison. And their grades, so overall grade 65 for Dalvin Cook, 61 for Alexander Madison. Here is where I get a hard boner, um, a very hard boner, because Aaron Jones, 5th out of 62 with an 82 overall grade, and A.J. Dillon was the third overall running back in all of football out of 62. So we have two top five running backs in our backfield, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. They, you can't, you can't compare. You're comparing uh, uh, apples to uh, volleyballs. It, it's not the same. Now here is the question. Cause we always keep three running backs. Okay. So last year, Patrick Taylor was that third uh, running back. He finished the season in limited action, obviously, with a 79 overall grade. And then Kylan Hill, the guy that I like that has ties to this offensive scheme, to the coaches, you know, even from his college days that I liked coming in last year at a 55.5 in his limited role. Who do you think between I'm, I'm going to name off the halfbacks on the roster that we have right now. And you tell me who that third one is it going to be? I mean, obviously Patrick Taylor and Kylan Hill are the two front runners, but, but you've it's got, Hill. B, you've got Hill over BJ Taylor, Tyler Goodson and Patrick Taylor. 
Yep. What is it yeah. about Hill that you, what is it about Taylor that you like? Hill Hill is very elusive. He's one of those he doesn't look very big but he hits the hole and he he can move and make guys miss in the hole. Hill is an all-around back. If Hill is healthy, he's the, he he's going to he's going to start giving Aaron Jones a little bit of a run for his money. I mean the dude Hill's not a small guy. I mean he's small in stature, but when you look at he's 5'11, 210 pounds, bro. He is not yeah. as, like he's a little short stocky dude with some moves. That's I agree like with you. Montgomery. Exactly, like Ty Montgomery. That's that's why I'm sticking with two. I'm I'm going to keep riding the way from last year where I called he was going to be the third. I think they give him a shot and he'll be our third running back. Yeah. Now, tight ends. Here's where it gets interesting, man, because we're going to be running a lot of 12 personnel. I think we're going to be running some pony packages in there this year. I started looking at the different formations and breaking that down. Um, listened to a podcast with Andy Herman where he broke down just every single position or or every single basically formation that the Packers ran last year. And I have a feeling that we're going to have a lot of two tight end sets or two running back sets, especially with the lack of wide receiver. So how many tight ends do you think we're going to carry out of this list? I'm going to give you the list and you tell me who are the ones that are going to make this team. Cause we have a ton on the roster right now, but obviously we know Mercedes Lewis, Tanyan and Deguara, right? You agree with those three. And, and then Mac. Over Daphne. Yeah. Or Tyler Davis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot on Mac. He seems a lot of the, the news coming out of OTAs and the voluntary mini camps was that Tyler Davis was showing, right? Like he was the one that they're kind of expecting to take that fourth role. I, I don't think we're going to carry more than four into the season just because that's not, you know, we average 4.3. We had five on the roster last year. I think with the lack of, with the need that we have at wide receiver, we're going to have four. And you're thinking it's it's going to be Mac over Tyler Davis. Yep. Okay. What is it that you like about Elise Mack? You know what? He's a big, thick guy. He's got great agility. He, his hands are okay, but you can teach that. And And he likes to pop people. That's what we need. We want those blocking guys. Imagine having Pony Package with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones in the backfield and having Christian Watson on one side, Lazard on the other. Christian Watson is a very underrated blocker. When you look at his blocking grade and when you go back and look at that, so we're going to have probably, let's just say we have Mercedes Lewis and Christian Watson on one side, Lazard on the other, and you and you have uh, Aaron Jones kind of going to motion outside a little quick swing pass and having the two, those two boys blocking for him in front of him. I have a feeling that's what we're going to see because, you know, Mercedes Lewis was actually the eighth ranked tight end in all of football at, at 907. Yeah. So I agree with you now on the Viking side of the ball, they've got, um, Irv Smith is, is projecting to be their one, right? Because they did lose um, – God, what was the other – I can't even remember what their title is. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be Irv Smith, who did not even qualify for a grade last year because of injury. Um, and that's really all they have. Nick Muse, they have 
Ben Ethelson, and they have Johnny Munt as their tight end. So they're, none of them are even graded at this point on that side. So obviously we're going to give the nod on the tight end side to the Green Bay Packers. Now, here's where I get excited, man, because that first game of the week, um, it's going to be our defense against their offense, right? I mean, obvious, obviously. But what I'm saying is, as a former player and coach, do you agree that the defense is going to be ahead of the curve usually at the beginning of the season, towards the end of the season, especially this year where we're used to the Packers offense kind of outshining the defense? And this is the first year where we're probably going to see the defense outshine and carry the offense. Um, do you think that this defense is going to be ready week one to just completely go ham on the Vikings or do you expect a learning curve? Oh, I think, uh, I think the defense is, uh, going to go right off the hop. They're going to, uh, take care of business immediately and, uh, they're going to be out there, uh, uh, you know, breaking, breaking next. The, uh, they're set, they're ready to go. All we did was add a couple more dangerous pieces. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the way I kind of have it in my head is, is our defense is like a 95 and their offense is like a 75. So we should absolutely pummel and destroy them. I absolutely agree. And the biggest thing here is their offensive line, I think is the worst part of their team. And as concerned as we are about our offensive line, their offensive line is not very good, man. And looking at these numbers and how they performed, and obviously they went out and got a couple pieces to try to shore this up. But against our defensive front, here is their offensive line right now. So we're going to start off with their center, who right now is um, they picked up Garrett, or they have Garrett Bradbury, who ranked 29th out of 39 centers with the 60.2 overall grade. Then they've got their guards. Um, you're looking at Ezra Cleveland as probably their starting guard on one side. He was 27th out of 82. And then Ali Udo, 65th out of 182. And then Chris Reed, who's solid, right? He's a pretty solid guard as well, 38th out of 82. And then at tackle, projected starters are Jesse Davis, ranked 79th. He's kind of rotational, but Brian O'Neill's probably going to get the starting nod there. Um, at tackle on one side, he's 34th out of 83. And then the other tackle is Derisaw. So you're looking at Derisaw at tackle, O'Neal at tackle, um, both graded at 71 and 73. And then their guards are going to be Ezra Cleveland and Chris Reed scoring at 68, basically a 68. And then their center is their worst position. So they are just not very strong up the middle. Um, in Garrett Bradbury with the 60. So it looks like, man, the middle of their offensive line is just going to get destroyed. Um, and you look at how we drafted, right, man, and what we're trying to do. We're trying to beef up our line on the defensive side, not only with edge rushers, but it seems like with what we saw in training camp and OTAs and, or in mini camp and OTAs, they're bringing Rashawn Gary into that middle part of the field. And maybe that's in preparation for these Vikings where we're going to see a lot of pressure on the sides as opposed to on the, on, on the edges where the weakness is for these Vikings on the offensive line. Oh, absolutely. 
So, I mean, we've got Josh Myers ranked 33rd out of 39. Um, so a better center, even though he was in his rookie campaign. I think he, he didn't score as well as I anticipated because he's at a 54.9, which is not a good grade at all. But when you look at um, what he did, not allowing, you know, just the number of pressures he allowed. Let me look at this real quick. I mean, he was at his run blocking and pass blocking. So let me see here. Here we go. Sorry, I'm scrolling through this, Matt. But he only allowed one sack and five pressures all season long. So the scoring, I don't know why his grade is so low and it is where it is, but Josh Myers at center. Do you anticipate at our guards, are, are they going to be John Runyon and Royce Newman since we know that uh, Eldon Jenkins um, is not going to be playing? Who do you think the two guards are going to be? <laughs> That's exactly who I think it's going to be. It might even be Tom, you know, it might even be Tom maybe mixed in there. I don't know. You'll have to excuse the uh, beeping. I am uh, uh, in my truck so that uh, uh, I can record this. And uh, I just wanted to make sure that my battery wasn't going dead as I took a look to my right. And uh, we have three phones plugged in and charging. <laughs> and well, I, thought, there you go. I thought to myself, you know, I wonder the last time we ran the truck. <laughs> Listen, their offensive line took a massive beating. They've been losing guys left, right, and center slowly, right? Mike Zimmer had that offensive line, a tip-top offensive line for Dalvin Cook, and they and their way. They can't bully their way anymore. And, in fact, when you've got Clark and Reed and Smith and, and Gary and Wyatt and Slayton, Slayton, who has slimmed down, by the way, uh-oh, uh-oh, people, uh-oh, okay? This guy, they're going to eat. They're going to eat on that offensive line. I predict one of those – remember those games where – remember the game where Jair got the safety in, like, the first series of plays? Yep, absolutely. It's going to be something stupid like that where the dog, defense is just eating all day long. Unfortunately, we're going to watch the, the offense stumble, run, run wrong routes, you know, it's just going to happen. And everybody's going to everybody's gonna fight me on that. Oh, no, Matt. Oh, listen. One thing in practice, another thing in the game, when you get in the game and you've got 75 or 80,000 people screaming and yelling and your adrenaline's going and everything, and some guy says cinnamon bun and you're supposed to run a curl route, you think to yourself, cinnamon bun. Got it. That means I go. Yeah. Right? Your brain, your brain just doesn't want to work for the first couple of plays. And then after you do something like for us on defense, it was, you needed to pop somebody. As soon as you pop somebody, all the butterflies, all the nerves, everything went away and it was business. Now it's time to go to work. And that's, I think that's going to be our, our issue is we're going to be facing the Vikings. Vikings are, if they're going to beat us, it's this first game. That's going to be it because the second game, they ain't going to come close. We may even hit triple digits. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bold prediction buddy yeah our right? offensive line man there's just so much talent there it's just it's a matter of are they going to show up in the in the absence of Bach um, who is projecting to come out but I'm not going to say anything I'm not even going to project that he's coming back but people are saying Bach will be back but Eldon Jenkins will start on the pup um, but 
86ing those guys out, it's going to be what? Josh Nyman, Royce Newman, Runyon, Myers, Hanson, and we've got Zach Tom, Sean Ryan, Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, which is Caleb Too Tall Jones, right? That That's the, the behemoth of a man that we didn't hear much about, but there's a lot of competition at that offensive line, but we grade out, even with the guys that we have. I mean, Eldon Jenkins was an 82, Bakhtiari's a 75, Runyon was a 64, uh, Myers a 54, but, you know, a six to put that into perspective, 65 run blocking grade, but a 49, uh, or I'm sorry, 65.9 pass blocking grade, but a 49.4 run blocking grade. Um and that is the concern, right? Like running between the tackles and, and it, I think it kind of solidifies what you had said, Matt, where there's just no place to run in the middle and it's just hit a wall and fall forward for three yards for AJ Dillon. He needs to fix that up or those guards yeah. need to help out. Right. I mean, that's kind of what well, they, these they, numbers are saying. That offensive line needs to open up a hole because by the time AJ Dillon is at full speed running through that hole, nobody is ducking down. But the problem is, is these guys are jumping it and they're getting AJ on his second and third step when he hasn't built momentum yet. We need to let AJ build momentum, put him six, seven yards deep, put him, you know, that way when you hand that sucker off, he is running at full speed at that line. Like it it is. Can you imagine trying to tackle? Can you imagine trying to tackle a guy that size who's running as fast as he can? I mean, the momentum alone would be like trying to stop a Mack truck while you're on a skateboard, right? Like, forget it. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, and those are the two questions. Offensive line, even prior to the draft, this is what we talked about. What do you need to address? We need to address wide receiver offensive line. They did it in the draft. They did a great job of doing that. And we're going to find out week one um where we're going to be but I, I do think that the trenches as usual are going to win the game or not win the game for us because on the back end when we look at the defense bro they are not very good no <laughs> no which is it's going to help us in an offense that's trying to find its way when you look at defense on defense buddy um it is i mean they do terrible. have uh uh what hunter and griffin right or no here you go. Let's take a quick break here and then talk about the defense on the back end. What do you say? Sound good. This is TJ Williams out of Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Matt coming to you from Cincinnati. Hey, friends. This is Colton Moore from Central Illinois. This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. This is Shelly from Bourne, Michigan. Bales of Hay, and I'm from Kansas City. Hey, this is Jamie Cheesebutt. I'm from LA, California. Hey, everyone. This is Ella from Southern Cali. This is Nebels from Chicago, Illinois, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go.
Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. All right, buddy. So back to the defense. Here we go. Um, where do you want to start? Do you want to start on the back end or do you want to start on the front end of this defense? Let's start on the front. All right. So on the front end, when you start looking at what they have, and we're going to start with them. So defensive interior, they've got people that count. So Dalvin Tomlinson actually was the highest scoring player outside of Harrison Phillips, but they did have two top uh, 20 defensive interior lineman and Harrison Phillips at a 75.2 and Dalvin Tomlinson at a 74.9. The problem is after those two guys, there's not one single guy that scored well in James Lynch, TJ Smith, Julian Taylor, Armand Watts and Jonathan Bollard, which basically means they have two solid starters, right? But that's it. They have no rotational players. Do you think they're going to have to keep those guys out all game long? So there's an issue, yeah. right? At oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you you have to. Those are your best guys. Or you're going to do a mixture of uh, one good guy, one bad guy, and bring in, you know, rookies and whatever you picked up at the supermarket. Exactly. And here, in comparison to our defensive line, we've got Dean Lowry, Kenny Clark, Tippa Galilea, um, and Tip is really an edge rusher, so I'll put him on the edge. But so Kenny Clark, 75.4 overall, Dean Lowry, 66.8. And then Slayton, who I think we all like and started showing some promise towards the end of the season, big dude, 6'5, 340. And then Jerron Reed, who we brought in, who was a 54.5. Those two guys didn't score very well, but we have three rotational players at 77, 75, and 66. And then two additional players. Um, that that already have experience on top of the fact that we drafted Devontae Wyatt. We've got Jonathan Ford um, on the team, Christian Slayton and Jack Heflin as well, right? So we've got plenty, and even Heflin did pretty good in his run blocking or in his uh, run defense grade. So I, I, the depth is where we get them, right? I mean, we have Kenny Clark was 13th overall. I mean, so he's a top 20 guy, and then the next, in line is going to be Dean Lowry at 33rd, but our depth, I mean, we have one, two, three, four guys in the top, top 70 out of 109 players, which is saying a lot. So our depth looks really good on this defensive interior line. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Our, our defensive line is way better than their defensive line. They've got a couple of good players. They do. Do they need more? Oh yeah. They, they need they, Well, they need like 48 others. <laughs> that's the thing right and and we do anticipate we talked about this and you always pound the table on this that the last time we won the super bowl we had nine players on that line that we we're rotating and out between the defensive interior line and those edge rushers so yeah. um that's where they're lacking they have a bunch of nobodies and a bunch of people that just kind of threw in to fill the blanks we are filling the blanks with purpose now on the edge you mentioned him daniel hunter 15th out of 108 with an 80.8 overall grade is their, is, is their main guy outside of that. Zadarius is their number two, right? We know he didn't play at all last year, but his last grades 
uh, last year. He's just, he's, is he even going to play a full season? Is Zabakaria Smith. Zabakaria Smith. I like it. Then they've got Patrick Jones, the second (laughs) 43 overall grade. The only other guy who scored who ranked within the top 108 was a guy by the name of DJ Wanham at a 50.5. So again, one really solid starter in Daniel Hunter. Outside of that, what it, who what Zadarius is going to show up? He might be there for the first game. He did not do any type of offseason workouts, did not play at all, was on the side the entire time in the offseason. Um, I don't think he's going to play, Matt, this season. I, I'm starting to no. get this inkling that he might not even make the roster. Yeah, me too. Me too. There's a little bit of a buzz there. Now, I, I mean – I'm not, I'm, I'm not betting any body parts on it, but you, you start to see a little smoke. And when there's smoke, there's weed. And when there's weed, there's a need, a need for another player. And that's, that's right, buddy. Yeah. And here's where we completely dominate. I mean, you look at Rashawn Gary, obviously the most under, uh, now I'm going to say the most underrated, underrated pass rusher, number five overall in the entire league and was not even, he was in the honorable mentions of the top 10 even though he ranked fifth overall out of 108 players with an 89.8 he's actually the highest pff graded player on the entire roster for the packers at an 89.9 preston smith who had his breakout season i would say last year after betting on himself 81.5 ranked 12th out of 108 so we've got two top 10 percent uh pass rushers and those are not including you know, the other boys that we have brought in to play on the edge in Enigbar, who I think is probably going to make it. Tip of Galilea, I like it. I like him. I think um, he might be a surprise and make the team. I mean, he, he graded it as 77.179 in his run defense and a 90.6 in his, in his uh, pass defense. Pretty impressive, man. So um, just – overall pretty solid player just not getting a lot of a lot of looks right but just the rotational players what i'm trying to get at with this is yeah the vikings have nice pieces here and there but they don't have the depth in the total team to be able to withstand an entire year or even an entire game i don't believe which is why i think they're not going to be able to hang and whether they they start off well they won't be able to finish a game well and you know they broke the record for the most one score games the first 14 games that they played last season were one score games. Obviously they did not do well in those games. I didn't see them do anything to be able to withhold an entire game to fix that narrative. That's my concern with the Vikings. And and it makes me ecstatic that that's an issue they did not address. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the Vikings are coming up. We're 62 days away from that, Matt. We're 62 days away from football. Is there anything that you're thinking about right now? I, I think we've talked enough football. I want to hear about uh, this I'm walleye thinking, burger you had last night. Yeah, oh, yeah. So fresh fresh walleye, uh, breaded, right, uh, fried in the pan, little lemon, little pe- salt and pepper, and then put on a bun with lettuce, tomato, and some tartar sauce. And, I, I mean, it, and it was huge, right? Like it was uh, – it, it was it, it's bigger than like a whopper. I think I took two bites and inhaled the first one, and oh, it's just that it, it's it's just like uh, you ever grow strawberries at home. I've tried a hundred times, never been able to grow strawberries. 
Okay, what about tomatoes? You ever grow tomatoes at home? I got. Oh yeah, I've got shit tons of tomatoes. Tomatoes do well. Yep. Right. Okay. So you ever notice how the tomatoes from your house taste differently than the tomatoes from the store? Oh, absolutely. Right. It's just the same way with strawberries. Strawberries from home are so much nicer and they're so much sweeter and their flavor profile is so much more in depth. When you get walleye that was swimming an hour before you, let me tell you, it is completely, completely different flavor great texture it was i mean my kids were just devouring it uh we were hoping today uh it's been kind of lightly raining on and off like it's just been kind of annoying like currently right now the sun is out but it is just doing that lightly rain garbage Mm -hmm. and we were hoping to take the boat out and go around and maybe uh catch a trout or two or maybe a couple more walleye we were uh hoping to have a uh, uh, fish chowder tonight when we get out here i try and uh you know catch as much uh fresh fish as we can because we don't generally eat it when uh we're in uh we're back home right because it, it just doesn't taste right it's not the same so here i'll put you on the spot a little bit it is grilling monday right so how did you prepare that walleye buddy what did you do to make this walleye burger because i'm telling you it sounds delicious man like so the tartar sauce what else okay man? what is it that you do okay to- so you, you you fillet the you fillet the fish and then uh you take the fillets we kind of cut them into half so they're almost burger patty size some of them some of the some of them were really small fillets right so you kind of have to use uh, you know, the whole piece of fillet kind of chopped up so that it, uh, it, it, uh, fits on the bun properly. But, uh, so I throw it in with, uh, just, uh, a little bit of real butter into an iron skillet on uh, medium and then, uh, salt and pepper, lemon, and, uh, uh, we use panko. It's, um, it's got like, um, yeah, panko. oh, what is the breading? It's it's fantastic. Yeah, nice yeah, crunchy breading. Yeah, the Japanese breading that you put on top of sushi, they use that for that. But yeah, it's like real crunchy uh, panko topping. Yeah, there goes my there goes my truck again, letting me know that everything's charged up. Thanks, truck. I am recording, uh, but uh, the truck's like I'm finally on the show. Years I've been waiting. So uh, 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 we we bread it in that right. Uh, a little flour and uh, salt and pepper and lemon. Have I said that a few times? I smoked a hat listening to you talk about how terrible the Vikings were. So I'm a little twisted, but uh, so then uh, you, you fry those babies right up till they get uh, nice and crispy Brown. And then uh, we threw them on uh, some fresh. These are uh, Kaiser buns, right? Cut the Kaiser bun in half. Uh, I uh, tartar sauce the bottom. I, I always, Whenever I make hamburgers or anything like that, I always put ketchup, mustard, whatever that is that you're going to put on, on the bottom. And then I put the meat on top. And then we put uh, lettuce and tomato on that bad boy. And I'll tell you, it, you, you oh, have you ever had a Burger King uh, chicken sandwich? I have. Okay. You know how it's just coated and like way too much mayo and it doesn't matter because you're kind of drunk and you're like i'm just gonna eat it yep it's like that okay. except okay. except you're sober and it tastes amazing and it's real <laughs> yeah it's like yeah. real fish yeah yeah it's not that pressed uh chicken's lips and assholes right that they <laughs> that they get <laughs> at burger king it's, it's not that pressed shit this is the real fucking this son of a bitch was swimming 
and I, I, you know, I sent him to the afterlife, but like up here, we, we've got limits. Like we can't catch them too big or too old because they want them to keep breeding. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you have to, you have to catch them at certain sizes. And, uh, I have a cooler. Thankfully I have an igloo cooler and we have it marked out, uh, on the uh, side of the cooler. There's like a ruler that's like printed in, you know, you buy it that way. And, uh, we have it marked out walleye trout, that sort of thing. So when we catch it, throw it right on there real quick and you can see the size. And, uh, that's all, that, that's all we had with that. And then in another iron skillet, I took, uh, uh, potatoes that I had, uh, sliced up into, almost French fries, a little thicker than French fries. I put those suckers in uh, a little uh, jar of peanut oil for a little bit. And then I took them out of the peanut oil and uh, I put a whole bunch of sea salt on them and we threw them right in a smaller iron skillet and uh, fried those suckers up. And it was probably, oh, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe three, four minutes in that skillet, take them out. The outside is crunchy. The inside is fluffy. And I watched, I watched my kids and they never do this. I mean, I'll be lucky if I can get one vegetable down their throat. I watched them eat three potatoes worth each just, and you know, and so now everybody's paying because everybody's got the farts because of all that oil. (laughs) Isn't the potato kind of that, if you were to try to put three baked potatoes in front of somebody, somebody would look at you and look, you're insane. But when you actually try to make fries, like whether it's steak fries or curly fries, you're making fries at home. It takes like 20 potatoes for you to fill the family. When usually if you give them one, it's like yeah. four to one in terms of how much yeah. they can eat when it comes from fries to like a baked potato. Well, remember, remember when we had dinner together there at that junction, uh, 59 shout out, not a sponsor should be, but they, uh, uh, they gave us fries and it was like, okay, so here's your two massive pieces of walleye. And then we're going to give you about nine pounds of fries. Are you okay with that? It's like, Oh my, Oh, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, you're, you're giving them to friends. <laughs> we went out to dinner. I got you some fresh French fries. Here you go. No, that's fantastic, man. Yeah. I just, it's so cool when you can do it. And obviously you're the one who cleans it to your kiddos get their hands dirty with the fish or are you the official filet of the fish? I, I've been showing, um, I've been showing so that my kids learn it. Uh, they haven't done it yet. And the reason they haven't done it yet. And I should have shown you when I, when I saw you, I have a scar on my left hand between my index, like the main knuckle, what is it like the hand knuckle? And then all the way down to my thumb on like the hand knuckle. And it's because I stuck a filet knife, that webbed part of your hand when oh. I was about my when I was about my son's age because back then when we like we lived out here right and so you would fillet back then it was different it was like you could take sixteen fish home per person right now yeah. it's yeah. now it's two right <laughs> so it's major difference but back then we would stand there for customers like my my grandparents owned a fishing resort. So we would stand there in the fish shack and you would probably fillet anywhere from 60 to 70 fish in a couple of hours. And you, you just stopped thinking, right. You would just slice, slice, kick, cut, kick, then done next cut, cut, slice, slice, kick and done. Like you never, you never thought. And then I stuck it right through. It came out right in the middle of my, my, what, what is that? The lifeline or the love line in the palm of your hand there? Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fucked it right up. 
And uh, ever since then, I've always I've always thought to myself, I'm not going to make my kids do this until they get old enough to respect a knife. For sure, man. That's kind of what I did. We we don't get a lot of that type of fish here. We get, you know, a lot of uh, bass, like largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, um, catfish. And I've had them fillet a couple, you know, the larger fish a little bit easier to clean up, obviously, where you can do that. But I've had them do it every once in a while. Yeah, but they just rather just look at me, deal with it, pull the entrails out and clean it up. And then once it's clean, they'll help me scale it, right? And take everything yeah. off. But they, they don't like killing uh, no. live animals. No, no. And, you know, like uh, we use a, a stringer, right, for the boat. And so you catch them, you throw them on the stringer. They're still kind of breathing a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, when you, you got to paddle and you, you got to get the boat running again, then uh, you, you throw them into the uh, throw them into the boat. We used to have a live well, but this live well uh, doesn't work well. <laughs> it's more of it's more of the pit of despair. You oh, know what I mean? Did, did you call it Chicago? <laughs> no, I should have. But it yeah, it doesn't keep anything alive anymore. And everybody's like, oh, if you buy a new pump, if you do this, I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna eat these bastards, as long as I keep them, you know, cool and in the water and wet, they'll be just fine. And they have been just fine. You know, we don't have to go too far from where we are. We maybe half a mile out. Like a lot of the places, and man, we, we wish you guys were up here with us. A lot of these places we can swim to. See, that's incredible, man. Oh, I've got I've got a little news for you, a little something else for you for your neck of the woods. Guess who's up in in uh, Manitoba, Canada right now from the Packers? Who's that? Mr. Aaron Jones. Apparently, he follows my Twitter account and my Instagram account enough to where he saw I went to Manitoba. So now he's posting. He's actually up in Manitoba, Canada, posting on Instagram pictures of Manitoba, Canada, buddy. Was he coming to my house? I, I, I told him. There. I told I'll him. I'll be I there said, in a couple hours, Aaron. I'll be there. Just wait. I let him know. <laughs> And the picture of the hotel room where he stayed is eerily similar to the one that I stayed in that honeymoon suite, buddy, in uh, Selkirk. So wow. you're going to have wow. to hop on his uh, Instagram and check out those pictures. And maybe you can recognize where he is in the state and just kind of give him a little shout out. But, yeah, I found that interesting. My wife's like, look who's in Canada. I was like, who? She's like, and of all places. He had the picture of Manitoba, you know, and then his location. So the same pictures we were taking, he's posting on Instagram, buddy. So you've got a little, you know, these El Paso folks, we, we, we cannot get enough of Canada. So when I left, he apparently had the inkling to go up there and visit you up in Canada because uh, we miss it. Let's see. Taco Tuesdays. I, I'm looking at his Instagram right now. Where is he? NFL Honors. Drake. He's in Los Angeles so far. El Paso. This is Aaron Jones? Yeah, I'll find it for you, buddy. I'll find the picture for you, and I'll forward it to you so you can comment on it. My wife showed it to me. I did not. Look, I, I don't spend that much time on, on Instagram. I try, but, man, I've already got enough with, with Twitter to deal with another social media site. But I'll, I'll send it to you, and I'll, I'll tag you in it so you can check it out and see if you can get a hold of Mr. Aaron Jones while he's up there visiting you. We've got one more piece of business, buddy, before I let you go back to your fishing and your family down there. And I've got some work to finish up today as well. But we have a second 
listener spot up for grabs, and I did not want to announce it at the beginning of the pod, uh, so people would have to listen to the entire thing instead of scanning through some of it a little bit here. Uh, and I am looking forward to who is going to get this answer right, because I found a fantastic trivia question um, that you will be allowed to Google this one, because I absolutely doubt anybody will get this right off of the bat. But for our fifth spot in the listener league, are you ready for the trivia question, buddy? And same rules apply. First person to respond, whether it's via Twitter DM, um, at Borders Packers, or in our inbox at Borders Pack at Packers Without Borders at Outlook. Oh my you God! You can DM <laughs> Matt it, or me. It, yeah. What did I do? Yeah. It, that's that's how it goes. All of these messages, everything comes through timestamp. It's uh, Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com. That's all one word. And it's at Borders Packers on Twitter. Don't forget about our Facebook page, Packers Without Borders. Any one of those. All you have to do is send us a message. First one. That's right. I know, like last time it was fast. It was really fast, right? Like it was maybe 45 minutes. So clearly he didn't listen to the whole show. Long. but jay Jay got in so we're going to uh announce this now that way we know you're listening to the whole podcast but it's fair you know what he listened it was in there it was time stamped. we had a couple entries and also on instagram you can find us there as well so yeah um, yeah find us yep yeah all right so so nick sherman get your pen and paper ready get out of the barber shop get out of your doctor's office stop everything you're doing here we go here we go what is the name of the packers player who burned his eyebrows and eyelashes off after he poured gasoline on some kindling and then struck a match in 1995 don't forget send it packers without borders at outlook.com at borders packers at twitter uh facebook instagram anywhere everywhere we are taking over the world baby it's coming buddy no mailbag monday questions which is why we did not do it we kind of addressed the one question we had we do have one mailbag question um, that was asking me um, how you say Packers, Green Bay Packers in Spanish. And at the beginning of the pod in the intro, we actually say it, it is Empacadores yeah. de Green Bay. Empacadores is Packers. So there you go. That is the one mail we had, but nothing major. Empacadores de Green Bay. Empacadores de Green Bay. It has been a pleasure, buddy. Enjoy the time out at the lake. I am uh, going to start working on getting this thing fixed up, but we'll talk to you on the flip-flop, bro. Peace. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And Go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.